Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come. Thank you. Adore you. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for one more opportunity to come and instead of your word, to apply your word, to uh, live your word. We ask mm-hmm. that you bless us as we uh, get ready to enter into your word. We ask you bless the teacher, bless the student, bless us all collective. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Right. In the book of Matthew 18, 1 through 9, yeah, this lesson should probably be called a lesson on humility. Uh, it, it's what really the main idea of the teaching is. Uh, Jesus' disciples were disputing over. Uh, who would occupy the greatest seats in the kingdom of God? And 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 one of the problems that the Jews had and the disciples had, where they were Jews anyway, uh, was that uh, they many times they didn't have a really a great uh, understanding of what the kingdom was about. Uh, many thought that Jesus came to destroy, uh, dethrone the Roman government and set up an earthly kingdom in its place. Now, in an earthly kingdom, the position of authority is is in there. It's kind of like a cabinet president and vice president. We see that in that type of situation. Uh, uh, you should be jogging for a position. I mean, Kamala didn't like Biden during the Democratic debates, but became his vice president. And so in, in an earthly kingdom, we find that it is important to be to have a seat in government. If you watch the uh, uh, president's State of the Union address, we see that you have the president, the speaker, and the house and the uh, head of the Senate all around him. And then you got the, the Supreme Court and and all, and then the House and, and the Senate, all those places have special seats assigned for them. And the power is associated with it. But in God's kingdom, the, the, that's not the way it's set up. In other words, th- those kind of situation is, is about uh, personal gratification. Uh, so the, the disciples were still start up in an earthly kingdom. Uh, so that, that showed the how greedy they were for power and prestige and position. So they had to overcome, uh, their earthly, uh, uh, need for, for power to see what Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching a whole different situation. But Jesus had just told him that he had to go to Calvary and die. 
And you would have think that they would have been thinking about uh, the situation with Jesus and and and, and uh, what was going to happen when he went to Calvary. But instead of being like that, they were more interested in what who would get what. Sometimes when we we find out that somebody's going to die, uh, people get so caught up in who's going to get what possessions rather than being concentrated on the person that is actually going to go through some kind of uh, hard situation. But Jesus has to set their mind uh, and and get them on on the right mindset. Uh, So believers must possess the mind of a child to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 1, he says, at the same time, the disciples came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, gives an account of this. And one, one of them even adds about how one of uh, John and Jane's mother is, is asking for him to have a special seat in the kingdom. Uh, but... Jesus needed them to understand that they need to be humbling themselves and in the rest. Now here Matthew tells of the disciples, and most likely eleven of them were were there. But if you read the the, the passage leading up to this chapter, Peter and Jesus had just had a conversation where uh, Peter has been approached about how uh, he need to pay his taxes. Uh, and they asked him, did Jesus pay tribute? And Peter says, yes. And so Jesus tells uh, Peter to go down to the sea and cast a hook in the water. And the first fish that he catch, pull it up and look inside it, and there'll be uh, money in it, a piece of money to pay tribute for their taxes. So probably Peter is not there because it says at the same time. So, but 11 of them are there. And it says, uh, they came unto Jesus. Uh, what had preoccupied the, the minds of these disciples was their selfish ambitions. Like I said earlier, Jesus had told them about his appointment with death. Uh, instead of thinking about uh, what was fitting to happen to Jesus and what was fitting to happen to the, the heavenly kingdom, uh, they were they were thinking about how they could advance themselves, how uh, how could they do something to fulfill their selfish need. Then who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So we see their mindset right there when they keep talking about who is going to be the greatest. That's a selfish drive. Uh, they were still they were aiming to fulfill their personal ambitions, their their personal power their personal prestige, they wanted to exalt themselves. So all of these lets us know that their mind was not on on a heavenly kingdom, but they were on an earthly kingdom, because all these are part of an earthly kingdom and not heavenly kingdom. Heavenly kingdom is about helping others. We put ourselves aside and concentrate on what we can do to help uh, someone else. Verse 2, Jesus calls to their attention and lets them know how they're behaving. Jesus called a little child unto them and set him in the midst of them. 
where all of them could see. Uh, and uh, Jesus let them see that uh, their ambitions and, and that of a little child is different. And he sets them in the midst of them so they could all the disciples could get a good, good view of the lad. Because uh, Jesus wanted to illustrate a truth about what he was saying. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as a little child, little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus did not lead him in the dark. Uh, he, he explained the purpose of, of the truth and the youth of the child and, and, and to get their mindset in the right direction. Uh, convert here is, is addressing the mindset of the disciples. They seem to be obsessed with an earthly kingdom and not a spiritual kingdom. So Jesus is telling them if they do not uh, change their way of thinking, in other words, a conversion is to turn away from the direction you're going, turn away from this uh, idea of self and, and promoting the, uh, uh, yourself and, and trying to see what you can get uh, personally into uh, a different direction like a little child. Uh, a child has a whole different uh, objective than what they have. And he says, become as little children. You should not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he, he turns around and lets them know what the mindset of a, of a child is. And if you think about the mindset of a child, is one of humble, submissiveness, uh, uh, filled with wonder, trusting. They're dependent. They're loving. Uh, and, and many, hopefully many times they are unselfish. So the, the key point he's making is that these disciples have their mindset completely away from what you ought to have your mindset if you're going to be uh, uh, entering into the kingdom of heaven. And who's therefore shall humble themselves? In other words, the main idea in, 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 in this is the humbling of yourself as a little child. The same is great in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not saying that uh, anyone must become as a child. Now, that's not what he's talking about. But he's talking about taking on the characteristics of a child. Uh, and many times you think of a, we say an innocent child. In other words, when we talk about an innocent child, that's a child that has not become a corrupt with the selfish ambition. Uh, again, he's a humble, trust, love, and, and dependent on his parents. Uh, so he's uh, not striving for personal gratification, but he's dependent on, entirely on, on what his parents give and, and, and uh Ex, uh, uh, lovingly uh, possessed before him. So this this this, uh, this ambit, uh, attitude that the disciples have is completely different from what Jesus is trying to uh, get the disciple to see. You need to become like a child. He said the same is great in the kingdom of heaven. And the point he's making is that. Uh, and all are great in the eyes of God. God is not, he's no respect to person. God is not occupied with who is the greater than the other one. He gives equal weight to everyone that is accepted into the kingdom. Uh, so 
you need to get away from the idea of thinking that one of you is going to be better than the other because we all go to heaven uh, uh, at simple basis. And whosoever shall receive one little one in my name, receive it me. Uh, whosoever shall receive such little one in my name, receive it me. Jesus uh, is speaking of those that are true to him, those that preach the gospel, those that display the characteristics of Christ. These people are not promoting themselves. They are promoting uh, Jesus and his teaching. Paul says, uh, I tell you that I didn't, uh, I baptized, I didn't baptize many people, in other words, but the ones that were baptized, they were not baptized in my name. You were baptized in the name of Jesus. So in other words, I'm not promoting myself as speaking as, as Paul. Paul said, I'm not promoting myself. I'm promoting G Jesus Christ uh, in my name, receiving me. The name of Jesus is, is symbolic uh, with the person of Jesus. Uh, in other words, as receiving in the name of Jesus is the same as receiving him. Uh, and the standard that is, his teachings. And the ways of Jesus, his doctrine. Uh, when you receive in his name, you receive in him. Then he uh, touches on what happens if you can't receive like that. But he says, who shall ever shall offend one of these little ones, which believe it in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanging him about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. So, as a divine warning against anyone that is responsible for causing a Christian to fall in the ways of the world uh, and lead them into sin. Uh, the punishment will fit the crime, and Jesus warns all to think about that, that, that if you're leading someone to commit uh, 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 sin, you're, you're, you're going to be chastised for that. The word offense means to cause or to lead or to influence a believer to sin. In other words, don't do that. It would be better that a millstone were hanging about your neck and that you were drowning to death. The idea here is that it would be better to die before leading a, a believer into sin. There's uh, no greater sin than that of intentionally leading or influencing true believers into sinning. Uh, God would not take that lightly. His punishment is severe. His, he warns against committing that. That is, that is a bad way of, of behaving. We know that many people do that. He says, woe unto the world because of offense. But it must need be that offenses come, but woe unto that man by whom the offense cometh. So Jesus says that the great horror of distress will come by the meaning of the word wall. I mean, woe uh, will befall those that influence a believer to go back to the practice of the world. So woe unto the world because of offense. The word woe means great sorrow, distress is going to come on you. The word offense means something will, uh, that we do that will produce sin, things that will cause us to sin or temptation to induce us into sin. And the world is speaking of man. Sin brings forth sorrow and grief. 
Those that lead others into sin will experience great suffering and distress and sorrow. For it must need be that offense come. Now, offenses will come. When we think about uh, trying to get an idea of, of how offense is, when we go back to the first uh, uh, sinning by, by Eve in the garden, uh, the devil is the one that called, that it leads her to offense. But the tree uh, uh, that Eve eats from in itself is not sinful. The uh, temptation is not to sin. Yielding is to sin. The old song said, uh, yield not unto temptation. In other words, we are to not yield unto temptation. Uh, we are uh, to be stronger in our belief in Christ. And the Holy Spirit leads us away, uh, is able to guide us through temptation. Jesus was tempted. So we will all be tempted, uh, but we don't all have to yield. Jesus didn't yield to the temptation that the devil tempted him. He tempted him several times. He offered him uh, a kingdom. He offered him to, to uh, jump off the steeple. He, he tried to tempt him in many different ways. So we will be tempted. But just to be tempted doesn't mean anything unless we yield to the temptation. And the next thing about being tempted by the offense is that uh, it, the temptation shows us our weaknesses. Now, we know what the devil, what God did to the devil. He, he put him on his belly from then on. And he caused uh, the woman to have, shake, uh, have trouble during childbirth. And Adam would work by the square of his brow. So the yielding to temptation has its consequences. But what uh, temptation does is it lets us know our weaknesses. In other words, if I've got weaknesses for gambling, I don't need to go to the boat. I need to stay away from that because I know that if I go over there, I'm going to be tempted to gamble. So those are the things that it reveals to us. Let us know what our weaknesses are and, and, and to pray that the Lord will deliver us where we won't be caught up in that temptation. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Many believers and, and non-believers uh, who uh, have immature minds are led into different situations. Many of them criminal behavior uh, because of uh, their influence of somebody else that, that's driving them to commit something that they or do something that they know. To, uh, it, that really probably know is not good for them, but they have influence over them, so they, they call them to commit offenses. But Jesus tells us that when you get in these situations, wherefore if thy hand or thy feet offend thee, cut it off and cast them from thee. It's better for thee to enter life and to hold domain rather than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. So the hand, the feet, and the eyes are essential and legitimate parts of our body. But Jesus is not telling us to uh, mutilate ourselves. It's not what he's trying to get us to see. He's speaking of those things that make up 
worldly attachment. Uh, they might have a, you might have a, a friend or a relative uh, that you know is not a good influence on you. Uh, and you might have to cut yourself away from that friendship. Yeah, it might be you have a employment in a, in a place that that's ungodly. If you are uh, employed in in a place that's probably maybe dealing drugs or some kind of thing like that, or, or dealing with something illegal, you might need to get away from that. And in fact, I know you need to get away from that. So he's saying, uh, in other words, not to cut off so much, cut off your feet or your 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 uh, hand in that situation, but cut off that whatever is causing you to behave in uh, in those situations that could get you into trouble. In other words, could lead you away from a godly life. In other words, get away from those things. We all have to have to get away from something. Uh, uh, that that may influence us to behave a certain way. And then second part, it says, and if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into, into life with one eye rather than have two eyes and be cast into hellfire. I, it, it's, again, it's telling you about getting away from certain situations. I remember uh, a few years ago, they had a big thing around work that everybody was watching this movie. I guess it was, it might it was called something like Brokeback Mountain or something like that. And they was talking about the the bad behavior that was involved in the in in the, in the movie. And I said, "Do you want to see it?" Well, no. I tell them right off, "No, I don't want to see it. If it's got bad behavior, I don't want to sit there and look at something that that's that's not lining up with with what what God wants us to." Uh, behave because when you look at those kind of situations and, and you get involved in doing that long enough those things can draw you in if you don't have the uh, uh spiritual uh to say this right if you don't have the, the 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 mindset if you don't have the the, the spiritual power to resist it if you uh, belief is not strong enough that you can resist those behaviors. The more you become uh, in those kind of situations, the more it can draw you in there. So rather than take the chance that you'll be drawn in, you got to cut yourself away from that kind of thing. Uh, uh, so if our failure to desire ourselves of these sinful involvement will result in our soul being lost, it's better to deny ourselves of these sinful pleasures uh, now and have our soul saved and benefit from experiencing of all the, uh, the joys that are in heaven because we don't want to let the uh, lustful things now here on earth keep us from entering into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, uh, heaven will, re will reward us with better pleasures than what we're going to receive here on earth. So God wants us to take away from this lesson. Believers are to develop a right attitude toward our honor and privileges in the kingdom of heaven. There's a there's a mindset that we need to become accustomed to. Uh, the world promotes selfish ambitions, but God promotes unselfish desires. So we got to remember what the world is doing and what the world is trying to get us to do. And we have to let our spiritual uh, ability uh, rule our lives if we are to become people in the kingdom of God. That's 
pretty much what I have on this lesson. Good evening. Good lesson. Re really good lesson this evening. Um, Leviticus 19, verses 20. Be holy, for I am holy. What you were saying earlier, Deacon Wade, about um, plucking out your eye, cutting off your foot. I do agree with what you were saying 100%. You know, when <clears throat> God deliver us from something or we trying to change our lifestyle in order to be a, a follower of Christ, we do have to separate ourselves. I use myself for an example all the time about how I used to smoke and I thoroughly I didn't hang out in the smoking section anymore at work. I didn't hang around people that smoked. Did I stop loving them? No, I didn't. Did I stop communicating and, and trying to encourage? I kept right on doing everything I was doing, except I separated myself from the temptation of smoking. And so that's pretty much what God is letting us know. If we truly, truly are committed to living the lifestyle, we have to take necessary steps to be separated and not saying that you can't interact with a person just because of the sin that they're doing, but you separate yourself from that sin and from that temptation, whatever the temptation may be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, have a, uh, <laughs> we have a group that's usually be in the break room, and you want to hear some cussing, some foul language. Be around them guys, and 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 if you get around them for long, they'll draw you in with that kind of uh, talk because uh, it'll have an influence on you. You catch yourself uh, treating them the way they treat you and using some of their language. So you, I, I have to get, I have to stay away from them. I, I really uh, uh, try to not go even go in the break room when they're using it, when they're around. Cause it, not that I have anything against them or uh, anything like that, but I, I just don't want to hear that anymore. That's right. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's, that's, that's growth. That's growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you look at this lesson tonight, uh, my my thought is, and I uh, was stuck with it, uh, the childlike uh, mentality as a child. What he was teaching us as a child, and you can get a child and you can mold that child, and you can uh, have that child and that child can change. But as an adult, sometimes we get to complacent and we get to a point we ain't going to change. So uh, he was telling us that we got to come to him as a little child. And when you look at that, uh, you know, as a child, that you got to teach that baby how to walk. You got to teach that baby how to do these things. And that baby will listen to you because that baby has not grown and has not developed those skills yet. But we got adults mm -hmm. that in times that we live in now that, 
you know, sometimes uh, I used to hear grandmother say uh, they going back to their childhood stage hmm. and all these things. But uh, we got in and also it was telling us that we got to stay humble, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and when being a child and being. As childhood, like, and, and thank God, and we all out. We we all say we're a child of God. So let us be children of God. Let us do the will of God. Let us act like children of God. Amen. That's about all I had tonight, Deacon Wade. Yeah, that's all I have. Okay. Thank you all for this uh, another great lesson. Thank you, students. Thank you, teacher. Uh, let yeah. us continue to pray for all our six children, real families. Uh, and I'm I'm saying uh, I was listening to a song uh, the other day. Uh, Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Mm-hmm. We we all shout now because we got the victory. Amen. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, blood. But never lose his power, and we yeah. thank God for Jesus. And uh, I'm still shouting over our sick, uh, and Shirley, I'm shouting over our uh, sick, uh, those that uh, has come through. And thank God for the healing power. Thank God for the victory, yeah. and didn't give up. Didn't uh, throw in the towel. Yeah. We, we thank yeah. God for those because. Sometimes we get down and we say, well, that's it, you know, but mm-hmm. it's still uh, strength and more fighting in you. So we'll thank mm-hmm. God for all of that and continue to pray and thank God again for Brother Jermaine. We we shouting on that. We thank God for mm-hmm. our God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us remember uh, on Sunday morning. We will not be there until 11.30. Our service will start at 11.30, and the Pine Grove uh, Baptist Church will be our special guest in our church anniversary. Uh, Let us come praying and ready to magnify the Lord and lift him up. Amen. All right. That's about all I had tonight. Uh, Continue to pray. Amen. There's nothing else. All minds are clear. All right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We most certainly praise you. We thank you for all that you're doing for us. Thank you for what you have done and what you're about to do for us. We ask in the name of Jesus why you're doing for us. We want to give you the praise. We want to do something for you. We want to live holy hand. We want to open our mouths and say, thank you, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we ask that continue to bless, heal, and deliver. Father, somebody that don't know thee in the part of our sin, we ask that if it be thy will, touch before it be everlasting too late. But now, Lord, as we get ready to dismiss from this place, but never from your presence, we ask that you bring us back <clears throat> to the appointed place at the appointed time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. God bless you all. God bless you all. Love, love, love. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.